We are in an ongoing conversation with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com about the leadership lessons we can learn from the life of David. And so we find ourselves in the correspondence of Samuel in the Old Testament. And today we arrive at the relationship of Jonathan and David. Bill, welcome back. Hey, thank you. It's good to be back. So last week, um, I I asked if we could talk a little bit about Jonathan and David, and you very graciously um, agreed to do that. And so what did you learn this week about Jonathan, the name, and Jonathan, the person? Well, Jonathan, the name, uh, the Hebrew name, and I won't try to say it, uh, really says, means Yahweh has given. It's a, it's a concatenation, actually, between the word Yahweh and another root word in Hebrew, which means to give. So Jonathan means uh, Yahweh has given, which I thought was interesting. I, I didn't know that until I did the study. So we know that Jonathan is the firstborn son of King Saul, and mm-hmm. that makes him, you know, that makes him the heir apparent to the throne. But that is, he's not, he doesn't then become king. No, he doesn't. And and the, the surprising part, if, if you read the Jonathan narratives in 1 Samuel, uh, he's okay with that. Right. You know, I mean, normally when you grow up and you know something is rightfully yours in the future and then it gets taken away, you're going to be bitter about that, especially if it's a kingship, for heaven's sakes. Uh, Here, he's he seems to be okay with it. And it's not that um, that Jonathan was weak or that he was not capable of leading or not capable of uh, of fighting. I mean, he he is one of the commanders of Saul's army. Yeah, and he's he's actually quite a talented guy. And as I was driving in this morning and thinking about our spot this morning, it, it dawned on me that Jonathan had uh, a number of the same qualities as David. You know, they really shared a lot of the same qualities. They both had leadership. They both were brave. They both could be uh, a lead a group into battle and be successful. And they both loved the Lord and were submitted to him. When When you look at that, Jonathan and David shared an awful lot in common, and maybe that's why they were such good friends. I do think that, you know, there's there's a lesson there for us. It is hard to be the friend of someone who is so utterly different that we just don't have any points of connection. And so these two guys were um, had had similar gift sets and actually some similar experiences. They were um, they were both good in battle. They were both strategic in their thinking. Um, they were both very, very capable, and so there was a there was a level playing field in terms of their friendship. There, this was not a, a an over under kind of relationship. This was definitely um, a side by side kind of relationship. And Jonathan even describes um, with really intimate terms uh, the way he feels about his friend David. Well, that's, yeah, in in 1 Samuel 18, 1, Jonathan uses this word uh, literally to become one is how it's translated in the English. Uh, and But the Hebrew word really means to be tied together, right? It, it's a phrase used to describe also the pledge that Judah made to protect Benjamin back in Genesis forty four thirty. So Jonathan is said to have, to have loved David as his own soul and... Uh, and that that love is not a, a sexual love. It's not a homoerotic love. It is a friendship, brotherly love that they have between them. And I think it existed in part, like like, like we've just said, because they were so similar in so many uh, ways. 
And Jonathan, in recognizing that David is uh, God's anointed and he is not, even though Jonathan, you know, like according to the way we think that kingdoms work, Jonathan is the heir apparent. He should be the next king. But he somehow recognizes that, nope, David is God's anointed. And um, and I am going to serve this one whom God has lifted up. And in doing that, Jonathan uh, gives David his royal robe, his armor, his sword, his bow. Uh, I mean, First Samuel eighteen verses one through four. Just, I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing act of of recognizing that David is the guy, and Jonathan is subordinating himself to that. And I don't think Jonathan can do that without first having subordinated himself to the Lord, to God Himself. It, it, it just now the, the the text doesn't come out and say that, right? But it just seems to me that you're not going to give up that which is rightfully yours unless you first know that that's what God wants you to do and that you are really being faithful to God. So to me, those those first four verses in Samuel 18, 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4, those, those verses really indicate a heart within Jonathan that is submissive to God and therefore can be submissive to a human authority uh, on earth that God chooses. And isn't that really what we want in all of our leaders, right? Don't we want leaders who first know how to submit, not just leaders who know how to fight, not just leaders who know how to get out in front, gin up their bases, get their bases mad, get everybody on their side and go defeat the other side. I would like a leader who first knows how to submit him or herself to God and then knows how to submit to other authorities that are rightly ordained here on earth. Yeah, and in no small measure, because we all want to arrive together, not with just half the group. Right. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Bill English and I are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back. uh, More on the leadership lessons from the life of King David, focusing today on Jonathan. We're going to look at the covenants that Jonathan and David make, and we're also going to look at Jonathan's efforts to uh, to bring peace where there is no peace and the lessons that we can learn from that in our own lives. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I can be your friend. I can be your friend. Any day in any <laughs> That would be Paul Perot's bringing a little humor to the morning oh, come show. On. We're so glad you're back, Paul. Thank oh, you're you. welcome. He does the veggie tales well, doesn't he? Oh, dear. He does. Hey, I feel like we're having the VeggieTales guy on, are we not, to talk about, like, new books and stuff? Uh, Is that no, happening? It, Phil, All right, we've got to work on that. Okay, I guess, yeah. yeah he actually yeah. wrote a really interesting book about the mistakes he made oh, yeah. in, in his in his business. I, I read it, learned from it. Oh, uh, yeah. Very transparent. It, it was interesting, actually, because I remember a seminar when he was at the height, right before the Jonah movie and everything and right. all his plans. He he wanted to have the Christian Disney. Right. And he, right, right I mean, right. He, he had big plans. But they weren't God's plans. And, no. oh, the humbling. And the, what he's learned in that has been amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, so I think they're coming back. Like, I think that oh, the yeah, veggie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're going to have to circle back around okay. to that. Okay, that's not today's subject. Okay, I'm sorry. so sorry. It's, that's what real conversation looks like when something leaps into the mind and suddenly it is out the mouth. Okay, um, Bill English is here. <laughs> we are officially... <laughs> That we are too much. officially so talking. Inside I know. words and outside words, yes, right? They're <laughs> supposed to be. So we're officially talking today about David and Jonathan. Um, David and Jonathan make uh, at least three different covenants with each other, and the yeah. one fulfilled in um, 
uh, in David's ultimate actions toward uh, Mephibosheth is my favorite. And I just like to say yeah. Mephibosheth. And so there you go. Um, so what are the three covenants that are, well, the three that we're going to talk about today um, uh, in terms of the relationship of Jonathan and David? Well, the, the the first covenant is one of friendship, I think. Right after uh, David kills Goliath, Jonathan and David make that covenant, right? And that's where Jonathan is giving David uh, really his support, his loyalty, and he is recognizing to David so that David knows that Jonathan understands that David is going to be the next king. I think that's the first one. The second one is they make it in, in chapter 20 of 1 Samuel. And there, uh, Jonathan makes David swear to show kindness to his descendants. And that's what you're referring to there with, with uh, me, I don't know how to say Mephibosheth. that. Mephibosheth. 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 It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, apparently he had lame feet of some sort and wasn't able to walk. If, if I remember correctly. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so that's the second covenant. The third one is that uh, that they would remember each other and be loyal to each other when David is fleeing from Saul in the wilderness of Ziph. Okay, that's in 1 Samuel 23. And so it's, it's uh, really one covenant about, I am submitting to you because you are God's anointed. The second one is, since you're God's anointed, please be kind to my family because you now have power over my family. And the third one is, you and I have been friends all these years. Let's remember our friendship and let's not let it go, even though we may not see each other for a long time. So um, the the covenant of friendship or the covenants of friendship, I don't think that that is language that we use very often today. And I certainly don't I certainly don't think that this like uh, subordination of a person who really has all the gifts, talents and abilities necessary for leadership and even the positional authority to seize leadership. So I'm talking here about Jonathan. I don't think that we often think about those kinds of leaders in the context of organizations today. Um, I don't think we think about them leading well. Like, how do you lead well from the second chair or how do you lead well from the second position? But Jonathan really shows how you uh, how you be how you can be a real friend, a person of real strength, a person of real courage and capacity, and be in subord in appropriate subordination to the real leader, God's anointed, the person in the first chair. Number twos often have the same skill set or a similar skill set as the number ones in an organization. Okay, and a good number one will always try to find a really great number two. And that's what Jonathan turns out to be. If you look at it from a business angle, he really is David's number two. And he knows how to push David along. Now, Jonathan dies before David is uh, becomes king. You know, him and Saul are killed by the Philistines on Mount Goboah. And that's what ushers David in to be anointed as king, at least in Judah and then seven or in Hebron and then seven years later up in Israel. And so you have this you have this situation where Jonathan literally has to die in order for David to become king. He understands David's role. He understands his own role. And he uh, really moves David forward in some very significant ways. So um, there's a there's an age difference between these guys. So I think we tend to think of them as contemporaries or peers. But Jonathan is definitely uh, older. Yes. Um, maybe significantly so. And that's an interesting conversation as well, right? Like uh, the other interesting conversation here, I think, is this this loyalty. Um, and I'd love to circle back around to this. Maybe maybe we actually just hit what are what are maybe 
three or four leadership lessons that we learn, um, lessons from Jonathan that you think are just immediately applicable. And I know that one of those is going to be this conversation about submission. Yeah, it is. Uh, Jonathan is loyal to David because of his love and submission to God. So uh, that's that's one of the things. We're, we're never going to be a good Jonathan. There's a lot of Jonathans out there right now. You're never going to be a good Jonathan if you're not submitted to God. I think another one is you have to accept the role that God has for you on his team, right? God has a team, and he has teams in churches and in businesses and nonprofits, and uh, you just need to accept your role in the team even though you think you want to do something great. I, I know of a guy uh, who was standing outside our church doors not too many Sundays ago, and he was he was saying to another one of my friends, I really want to do great things for God. I want to do big things for God. And I'm and I'm, I'm kind of sitting there going, but you need to understand your role on the team. What is God's role for you, right? And so you, you need to understand that. Um, but I think also num- great number twos have to be able to demonstrate and use their own leadership skills to support the core leader in the organization. And one that we probably don't have time to talk about is how Jonathan resolved conflict twice, really, between Saul and David to help keep God's plan moving forward. Otherwise, Saul was going to kill David. Jonathan didn't want that to happen. And so Jonathan inserts himself in order to keep that God's plan moving forward. And some of that involves bows and arrows and leaping over walls. And it's all very exciting. And we think that you should read... um, First and Second Samuel, and in particular, you should uh, you should spend some time uh, in the story of Jonathan and David today. How, how's that for a promo oh, for the Bible? I love it. I you know, love Bible it. promo. Hey, Bill, it's always fun to talk with you. Thank you, yeah, uh, thank you that we we get to have these conversations week to week about all of the lessons that we can learn from the life of David. You guys can check all of this out at BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll be right back. Yeah. 